Hey everybody, welcome to episode 3 of Strange Tales from Outer Space! Wait, did we start recording? Oh. <laughs> <That's> probably... <laughs> Wait, I hit the record button, right? <laughs> no, I, I have to actually go and check that. Oh no, we're actually recording, you dick! <laughs> Uh, ever since we started talking, I had the urge to do that, and now I did, and now I'm complete. Okay, well, that's a good intro for everybody. Uh, for everyone that doesn't know or just joining us, my name is Doc. I'm kind of the ringleader of our little band of misfits, and with me I have two awesome gentlemen. I have Krug Yay. and Indigo. Hello. And we just love playing the game, and we wanted to bring you a week in Wildstar, and maybe even hints for the week coming up. This week, there is a ton of stuff. And honestly, some of it we couldn't even get onto the podcast. We had to put it on our Facebook feed, which we'll give you a link for it. You can go check some of it out. But, uh, yeah, it was a lot of it. I think we started out with six pages of show notes, which or seven pages of show notes, which was, like, ridiculous. We, we take three pages and make it into an hour. So that was too much. Actually, yeah. at one point, I had no about way. nine pages of show notes. <laughs> Are you serious? Notes. Oh, yeah. That's too many. That was too many before pages. I, I paired it, and you guys saw it. That's oh, yeah. like a book. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I'm already. <laughs> hey, this is a professional business here. A professional. <laughs> I, I take pride in my work. That means it has to take forever. It'd be tedious. I got a lot of free time. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. So, how was you guys' week last week? Uh, in the go, do you want to? Oh, oh, well. Oh, cool. That's that was politeness. What? I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be a jerk. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's been uh, been our first week at 50, and so. Uh, it's been a super uh, pain in my ass. Oh, my God. It has been a huge pain in my ass. Really? How so? Uh, well, uh, got my key. You guys helped me out the other day, so I got my first key, and I started that whole attunement process. And I fell off the roof of everything and died twice. Yes, yep. yes, yes. Um, and right now I'm trying to grind rep, which is a huge nightmare. And uh, I'm further proving to myself that I have zero PvP skill. So, I mean, <laughs> uh, it's been pretty awesome. <laughs> well, weren't you mostly PvPing while leveling? Yeah, I was actually all PvP. I had every level of PvP gear, and I was all about PvP. And I went in at level 50, and I just went, well, that's not happening. Uh, <laughs> it just got so tremendously difficult trying to PvP with people that had been 50 since, like, day three of the game. And I'm just like, well, I've got zero gear or zero skill or both. And so uh, this kind of sucks. But, I mean, I enjoy it. It's just uh, I, I realize that I have to do a lot for it to be able to get to the level of everyone else. Yeah. And what about yeah, you, Drew? The, the uh, I'm just gonna point this out. The first uh, PvP instance at level 50 that uh, Jake and I did, we did it together, and it was a 2v2. Uh, we did it raided because we were dumb. Uh, so we go in there and we jump down from the little ledge. We land, and then out of nowhere, there's just this spell slinger, and he's like pew pew pew, and I die, and I'm just like, well. This isn't going to go well. All took, three assassinates, sir. Took all of 15 seconds. Yeah, it's good times. Uh, my week has been pretty good. I also started a tuning, and I'm also doing my rep grind. Uh, I have gotten to Beloved with every zone, I think, but I'm still not Beloved with the Dominion, which makes me think that I either have to do White Veil and Crimson Badlands, which I was told that I didn't have to do by a certain somebody in this podcast who shall go unnamed. You don't not me. <clears throat> not me. You don't have it's to. not me. But it... it it doesn't hurt. It doesn't hurt because it's the only way I can get there as of now. It, <laughs> unless yeah. I'm misunderstanding something about the way rep works, but and that's probably the case. But anyways, I'm doing Crimson Badlands and, and the other one uh, over and over again trying to get rep. I also started an Esper, or I started paying attention to the Esper I rolled like three weeks ago, whose name is Mesmo. I like Mesmo. 
and that's been really fun. That'd be awesome. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I really want that to happen now. I, I hadn't thought of that, but that's a really freaking wonderful idea. Well, I've got like the Doctor Strange color going on my spell slinger for some reason. I I'm surprised there's not like some weird sci-fi top hat going on for anybody. I would love that for a costume option. Oh, I'm so down for that. That would make I I'd just like make him a magician. That would, but then I'd have to get black dye, and that would take like 70 million plat. So <laughs> maybe that's not gonna happen. True. True. I have not seen a top, uh, like a Mesmo top hat, but I have in fact seen a Fez, which was kind of cool. Oh, that what? would work. I'd be down. Yeah, I a little Doctor Who kick, throwback, kickback. Well, it was kind of weird because it was a guy with a Fez hat and then like taxi yellow and black checkered outfit, and I was like, well, this is weird. It didn't. <laughs> it didn't match. Uh, yeah, the yellow black for some reason that was it's the default crafted color for gear. I look like a stop sign. Yeah, 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 it's really the weird. The thing I noticed about light armor playing with, uh, at least low-level light armor playing my Esper, is that it all makes you look like you're a fry cook at, like, McDonald's. <laughs> <laughs> really, really weird and annoying, and I don't like it. Well, you were in the back line. Well, ah, I, when I was playing you know, a uh, sp yeah, spell yeah. slinger, it felt like I was uh, playing Marty McFly, because I had, like, the, <laughs> I had the trucker hat going on, and then nice. I had, like, the, the inflatable vest, and I was like, what? Uh, why am I Marty McFly? What is this happening? This game does have a lot of love letters to the 80s and Amblin and Steven Spielberg, and yeah. and it, obviously the strange stuff's just full of Giger references and homages. I'm cool yeah. with it, though. Oh, yeah, yeah totally. absolutely. I mean, my week wasn't terrible. I mean, I, I actually did cap this time instead of the game bugging out on me, oh. which is really cool. Oh. So now I'm getting a buttload of gold until tomorrow when everything rolls because we record on Monday. But I actually ended up starting up a warrior, which is a lot How's of that fun. Working? I'm liking it. I was tempted to go into PvP. I tried a stalker. He's kind of stuck at 18. I ended up moving from a single target to a, a multi-target AoE in PvP, and I liked it a lot. But I like tanking, and I want to get my feet wet in again, Wildstar style. So I rolled a warrior. I think she's at 18 as well right now. Mm-hmm. Because my leveling skills are insanely fast. Yeah. Only by by your leveling days. skills, you mean your free time? That too. Hey. <laughs> it's, it's a, a, a hidden secret technique. Man with free Cult. time. Roll out the vault. Play many hours. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, nothing big on that. And other than that, and my occasional tea party breaks with my daughter, that's my whole week in Wildstar. Adorable. <laughs> oh yeah. She cooks up a mean batch of tea. And I, I, have, to, I have to drink the entire thing. How uh, old is she again? She's uh, three. Yeah, she's pretty, that pretty freaking awesome. scares me that you let her play with fire, but I guess I'm not a parent. Go ahead. Then. <laughs> well, no, she'll play with me in Wildstar. Oh, really? I die incessantly, but I have no problem because she's awesome. She'll she'll sit there with, with the space bar. She's like, oh, can I jump now? Can I jump now? She loves, <laughs> oh, she, she loves the Velociraptor mount, and we'll we'll just go running through everything and aggroing whatever I could and not That's... getting any attacks off because she'll jump and interrupt me. Super adorable. <laughs> But yeah, uh, that's so. Let's move on to the the huge strange tales of the week. Uh, and in this case, a few big things have happened. A really cool thing is everyone knows by now, most likely, is two step verification now has a mount. Woo! Yeah. Which is the weirdest mount ever. When I I signed in for the first time after that update, uh, Indigo, I think it was on Vent, or he told me in game or something. Yeah, it was it was on Vent. It was on vent. He's like, this is the weirdest mount ever. It just moves so strangely in my head. I was like, what are you talking about? So I bound it to my character and got on it. And I was like, this is really weird. Like the, the center, like its pivot point is really far back. And so it just feels like you're like fleeing your front around whenever you turn. Like, Yeah, it's this weird like anti-gravity look to it. It looks actually almost exactly to the Makari mount minus and adding a few other things here and there. So, I mean, if you're an exile player, you'll enjoy it a lot because it's your first non-fluffy creature but if you've already played dominion you'll look at it and go eh, it's a uniblade yep 
pretty much. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it's a. It looks like a beat up Uniblade, like yeah, yeah. second hand Uniblade. It was cool. I mean, it was a little bit of delayed when we got it because I believe they were originally planning on getting it out on Tuesday, but then we ended up not getting it until Friday. So now we're we're uh, you know, which was fine. No no big deal. I think they had the, they're talking about being in a go no go situation, and they just decided to not go on the patch. So they moved the patch over to Friday. No, oh, that explains a lot. Yeah. yeah. And on top of that, you still get your 2% XP boost. You still yep. get a cool title. You still get an eye patch. So if you aren't authenticating by now, I don't know what to tell you. I really don't. And there's really no reason not to. It's not like they're going to say, you know, someone's going to say, oh, well, I'm going to wait until something really, really cool comes out for the two-step authenticator. It, it doesn't matter. It, they're, they're, it's, it's retroactive. If you've gotten it, you know, I've had it since the beginning, and I, I still got my mount. So I think, I think just go out and get it, prevent hackers, you know what I mean? Like just make it better for everyone. And this is the most you get from something like this. I mean, yes, WoW has for their authenticator a core mount, a molten core pup. But you get XP boost, title, a sweet eye patch because if you want like your Kano vibe going on, go for it. And you get a mount. There's so much crap you get from this game, and there's something we could talk about that a little later on. But that's a lot of stuff to get just to make sure you're not getting hacked. Go do just, it. Yeah. Just do it. Just stop. Just stop. Pause this podcast right now. Go set it up. It's not that hard. And then come back and press play. Just, we'll warning. wait for you. Well, let's just give them a second to go ahead and do that. Oh, okay, cool. Wait, wait. Oh, no, not this song. That song gets in my head. This is the worst song choice. What is wrong with you? Now I'm going to be singing that song the rest of the day. I love Girl from Ibn Yemen. I think that's enough time, yeah? Yeah. If you don't have it by now, now officially you're a moron. I'm just not. I can be much worse about that. alienate people. It's so easy not. It's so easy to get it though. You yeah, just download no, something I'm, for your phone, or you if you have like Windows 8, you get something from Metro. And if you don't have either of those, you can still get it by third party. Just yeah. do it. Yep. But anyway, if you don't want to listen to us, fine. Once your account gets hacked, boohoo, cries, and check it, it's in. I have no pity for you. But something we should be uh, be careful of is make sure that once you do have it, if you break your phone or whatever, make sure that you're you're taking care of that because uh, it is not the easiest thing to get fixed if you lose your phone, break your phone. It's it's not fun. Yeah, that I yeah. would pity you for. We were talking about this, and I was like, "Yo, it can't be that hard." So I like set my phone aside, and I was like, "I'm gonna try to turn it off right now." And I couldn't figure out how to do it. So <laughs> my advice is borrow a friend's phone, sign into your Google account, and then turn it off with your phone, and then delete all of that information from their phone and give it back to them. Someone you trust, not Indigo. Hey, uh, hey, Krug. Uh, <laughs> I hear your phone's gonna break tomorrow. Hey, Indigo, I hear your face is going to break tomorrow. <laughs> so I won't see either of you in Wildstar for at least a week or two. Yeah, because he's going to be in the hospital. I'm going to be buying a new phone. And by then, my, my warrior will already be 50, and I'll probably roll an Esper for the <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so other than that, the biggest thing happening is that PTR notes have come out this week. It's all about sabotage and getting ready for it. It's going to be freaking awesome. I wish I had rolled my 50 in time on PTR to give you a more concise view on everything. But we still got a bunch of stuff for you guys. Yep. And yeah, just tons of notes. Yeah. Last but remember, this is PTR notes. Everything is subject to change. It could change tomorrow by the time you guys listen to this. It'll change. Most likely, it'll change before the, the patch hits. Not everything's gonna stay the same. That's why it's PTR. People test it. Things happen. But first and foremost, new battleground. Oh yes. my god! Oh. All the excitement. And it's pretty cool. People have already put out video of it. There's already images of it it's called daggerstone pass and it looks pretty sweet uh but basically what happens 
is between 30 and 49s when you unlock it. It even has a rated version of it at 50. It's 15 on 15, and ground mounts and movement are still heavily encouraged. You can actually run in this one instead of walking like a crawl with a wall tiggy mask. Yep. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, and the biggest kicker is it's a bomb. You got a bunch of bombs. You have a few zones that you control for strategic advantage. But these bombs don't just sit there. They're ticking time bombs the moment you pick them up. So this Yeah, and is... I, I've always had this theory that Wildstar is modeling their like PvP instances off of other games. And I think this is their call-out to Counter-Strike. That's what it kind of feels like to me. <laughs> That'd be awesome. Like, you know, the I forget what the game mode was called in Counter-Strike, but where, you, like, one team is the terrorist and they have to plant the bomb, blow up the, like, map, and the other team's the uh, SWAT or the good guys, whatever they're called. Uh, and they have yeah, yeah, there you go. Thank you. I haven't played that game forever. Yeah, it's been a long and, time. And uh, they have to go defuse the bomb. It's kind of like that. It's what yeah. it feels like to me. And anybody can pick up the bombs. When Once you pick them up, it'll say, Dominion has picked up the bomb. And you drop it. Someone's picking up and go, Eisenhower has picked up the bomb. The whole time, there's an option where you can just keep ticking down. I'd love to see it explode on route. Just constant back and forth. And then... That would be hilarious. <laughs> that would be hilarious. I also like how it looks like the map is comprised of a bunch of different types of, like, biome type areas like there's like a foresty area and like a deserty area so it's not like all one style of map yeah it does feel like it's probably somewhere in elevar or aurora near like elden ruins yeah i can see that and we have a video we're going to put in the link it's from a dutch site or german site uh whilst whilst our archip so you can always check that out and i know by the time this comes out in our next podcast more and more videos will happen so the information is going to keep going and streaming in and we're going to give it to you as best we can yeah yeah, it's. I want to. Now that you said that, uh, Krug, I want to have like 15 on 15 spell slingers, all first person view, and have someone like commentating the match, like a, like a Counter Strike match. That'd be awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> and of course, someone has to be named Batman carrying the bomb because, you know, haha, meh. <laughs> but as for Sabotage itself, there's no real info yet coming on it, like the rest of the patch. It's just that's the biggest part. They want you to help break it and test it out. They they did go through and they're they're continually fa- fixing uh, telegraphs within everything, so uh, hopefully we'll have a lot more uh, dodging abilities. That's going to work a lot better. I mean, I know that I've been having issues in a couple uh, dungeons where I would definitely be out of the area and I'm still getting you know uh, hit, and that was a pain in the ass. And I and I, I think that's going to be a continual thing that they're just going to keep working on over and over and over again until they they. I mean, it's not going to be perfect, but they're going on it. Yeah, it's never going to go away. I know some people have complained before, especially in PvP, where, oh, I dodged out of it and I still got hit. And we people found out that the dodge animation is not carrying your hitbox. It's just showing you where you're going to end up. Your hitbox is still technically in the telegraph and you end up there, but this is not fixing that. This is something else. Yeah, and I'm less concerned about PvP telegraphs being a little bit off because there's going to always be that ping and lag issue that... that just they're not going to be able to handle and we can't handle and they can't determine what our uh, everyone's speed is going to be. So I think yeah. just across the board, PVP is going to always have some sort of issue and yep. you're going to always have someone complain. Oh, I was totally out of the telegraph. Uh, I'm, I'm more concerned about them fixing it in PVE. You know what I mean? Like, what is it? The first boss in not storm Lords. What's the other one called? Damn. I always forget this storm Talon? No, not storm Talon. Kelvarath. Kelvarath. The first boss in Kelvarath, the, the, where he rolls over and he releases the uh, the, the little bug mites that Grond. Fl- Grond. Oh yeah, yeah Grond. The the big issue I have with him is that his main attack uh, that that pacifies everyone and knocks your weapon. I I'm a good character. Yeah, his third phase thing. 
Yeah, I'm a good character or two length out of his telegraph, and I'm still getting pacified. And that really sucks because I'm a tank, and not having my weapon kind of blows Oh, like hardcore. <laughs> yep. And luckily with this change, stuff like that will be better reflected. That way it'll tell you more accurately if there's issues before. Oh, this is where the telegraph really is. You should move out of there. Yeah. Well, and I don't know much about the technology they're using. Or really, let me rephrase that. Don't know much about technology, period. So uh, I don't really understand like what they could do to fix it. But it feels to me like they, they kind of can't count account for latency like there's no doing it i mean short of like making everyone's latency the same as the lowest player i guess would be like a way you could do it although i don't know if that's possible but i, I mean it's always going to so. be slightly broken just because of people's like internet connection well that also would that would change a lot too if they if ncsoft not carbines have no say over this if they actually added more antennas i guess you'd say because right now I know a lot of New Zealanders and Australians and are having issues getting into the game and playing because their ping is much higher and it makes PvP nearly impossible for a lot of them. Do you mean servers? Servers. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, you know this game isn't streamed wirelessly directly well, to your computer, right? <laughs> let me tell you, it was antenna, see? Back in my day. My, uh, my laptop has a Wi-Fi card and a Bluetooth card and a uh, Wildstar card that's just for Wildstar. <laughs> but does it have an antenna card? <laughs> What? It doesn't make any sense. This is why you're ping so high. You have no antenna. <laughs> anyway, those are some of the cool little things happening. There's a bunch of changes that have happened to the classes and to everything. Everything's getting changed. We cannot go over everything and we'd be here for three hours. So your best bet is in the show notes, click the link for the PTR update notes. You can follow along with us and even see things that you might not have seen before that we, ha- we, we might have glossed over. And honestly, some stuff... It, the changes are so minor or we don't have the experience like Datascape and genetic archives. We don't know how impactful those changes are, so we couldn't tell you with certainty. But we can only give speculation. I will say this. We are all working very hard to be able to do that for you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Soon enough, I'll be able to sit there and go, yeah, in genetic archives, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, in Datascape, blah, blah, blah. But eventually we'll get there. We're, we're still working on it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, th- I think the next uh, set of notes is actually class specific. Oh, I mean, since you know what, Krug, why don't you start it off? Since you have an esper and a medic, and you know you're an engineer at heart, so uh, why don't you? <laughs> <laughs> okay, I will uh, go over the three of these first ones for you. Uh, so, engineers, uh, bots will have a one second cooldown between summoning and activating. And, and what that means is before you use the bot's ability, there'll be a one second cooldown after you summon it. Never really noticed that being a problem, but I guess any nerf to a class that isn't one that I play is awesome. So cool. Awesome. Some Great. people were accidentally hitting it or some people were getting a little edge out of it by having the instant cast. So what they're basically doing is making sure you know, oh, okay, bot summoned. Okay, now we're going to taunt. So Engineer is one of the two classes that I've never played. Is the bot's ability the same button that summons the bot? Is that why? Yes. Ah, that makes sense. That makes sense. So cool. Awesome. Engineers get a little buff to convenience. And their Recursive Matrix amp uh, now gives 20% CC resilience from 28%. So now you can actually CC NGs. 8% doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a lot. 8% is really close to 10%. Yeah. (laughs) 10% is really close to 13%, which is almost 20%. And 20% is almost 25%, which is a quarter, which is almost a half, which is almost 100% CC resilience, guys. In other words, words, engineers are really hard to kill still because of everything, but now you can actually lock them down easier. Right, right. It's always it's always nice to see them trying to make these balances, and we'll see how it plays out in uh, in the actual game. Uh, Esper, which, uh, like I said, I have a level, I think it's 17 now. I don't know what I said before, but I think it's 17 now. 
So the Esper uh, fade out can now only be used on one target at a time. Don't use that ability. Don't know what that means. Anybody else have any idea what that means? Fade out, I think it was a hop back along with the pacify. And it uh, used to be hitting a few targets. So the fact that it's not uh, one target at a time is very interesting. And oh, I do use that ability. PvP. I do use that ability. And that pacify is great because you literally are in like a giant mob of people in PvP. And you use fade out and you just see the whole screen fill up with the word pacify. It's great. Uh, but apparently you won't be able to do that anymore. You'll only be able to pacify one target. I'm curious to see how it picks the target. Is it like the one who's done the most damage to you recently or the closest, closest. one? Could be targeted. I don't know. We'll Maybe find it's out. targeted. I hope it's targeted because I hate leaving it up to the game to pick something I do. Like, uh, <laughs> I'll talk about it in the medic thing because there's a problem with medics with that same kind of uh, concept. Uh, Reverie had the range twerked from 25 meters to 30 meters, which is a buff at tier 6 through 8. Which is nice, that kind of lines up with more of the Esper's other abilities, which have 30 meter ranges. Actually, that one got knocked down. It lost 5 meters, because originally oh, tier I read 6 that backwards. 8. Yeah, it was originally 30 meters for some reason, and now they're like, oh no, no, it's supposed to be 25. Oh, lame. Well, well I mean, lame. that is a really powerful heal, though. Oh yeah, and in PvP, you could heal, what, 8, 9 other people? Get your whole yep. team healed with 5 yep. meter difference. It's a big difference. Yeah. A bunch of other changes for the Esper. Medic, which is what I play. Uh, which is awesome. They have uh, Devastator Probes and Mending Probes changes that change the way they stack and detonate. So uh, I feel like I've heard these fixes before, which is confusing to me. I don't know why I'm hearing them again. Uh, it happened so, last last big PTR patch. I don't. Yeah. Think, I think a new batch of problems happened. It was like, oh, well, we're going to have to fix them again. Yeah, it's these... I just want them to fix them. <laughs> so uh, basically it's stacking per target instead of stacking per medic. And then detonation fixes are just, you can't detonate another medic's probes anymore, the way it should be, basically. Collider, uh, they fixed a typo that led players to believe that damage could be applied when it couldn't, which it, it basically said Collider deals additional damage uh, below 70% instead of uh, the tier below it, which is below 30%. But what they apparently meant to write was above 30%. Hmm. So it went from dealing bonus damage to at below 30% health to dealing damage, additional damage above 70% health. So I don't really see what, like, the improvement is. Like, you still have 30% to work with, and then for this extra 70% of your health bar, you can't do anything. Or for the enemy's health bar, it doesn't do the bonus damage. I don't see how that's a, a buff as going from tier 1 to tier 4, but I don't know. It was a silly change in my... Well, the DPS for medics are kind of lacking from what I'm understanding as well. I don't... Yeah. Maybe this was part of it. People were thinking, like, oh, I could actually do more. And like, no, you really can't. We're sorry about that. I would have preferred them to change it so that the way it read before was the way it actually worked. But Oh, that'd be nice. Yeah. yeah. It would help. And then last medic change that we took the time to uh, pick out of the PTR was empowering probes will no longer overwrite another medic's empowering probes, which is awesome. Because, I mean, it's good to have uh, abilities restack, but... If my mending probes are tier eight, or I'm sorry, if my empowering probes are tier eight and yours are tier one and yours overwrite mine, that's a huge problem. Nah, <laughs> eh, lost DPS. So, yeah, bad times. Uh, so yeah, they fixed that. Anybody want to take Spellslinger? Probably Doc. It'd be wise for Doc to take Spellslinger. Yeah, there's three big changes for Spellslingers. One of them being Arcane Shot. The actual animation didn't match the Telegraph, so you would hit the max range and you still see the missile keep going. And part of me was like, this doesn't make any sense. I, I get the fizzle out mechanic of it, but why am I not still getting damage from that? So it just matches more in line. That's a long line of the line of sight changes they've made. A lot of more, a lot more attacks now match the telegraph. Spatial shift will actually disorient now more often. Actually, it's supposed to. 
completely. Other disorient abilities are more consistent now as well, which is nice. And honestly, in PvP, open world PvP, using a spatial shift is really nice to have because people, once they're disoriented, are either going to stay in place waiting for it to rub off, or they're going to run around in like this little circle trying to figure out, oh my god, where do I go? And you just get free damage on them. So knowing that it's going to consistently disorient now, instead of occasionally not, is really, really helpful. Yeah, consistency and in, in ability effects are good. Like, I mean, crits are one thing, but if I have an ability that I expect to make your key bindings different and have you walk around confused for a few seconds, uh, I want that to happen every time. Yeah, like it should. It shouldn't and be luck. Home... Eh. <laughs> eh. What are you making about? If you're not on the if you're on the receiving end, not so much. You'd rather not <laughs> exactly. be disturbed. There you go. There you go. Because all of a sudden, this uh, spell singer just spatial shifts right into the stalker, and you're like, oh well, fuck me. Yeah, well, I will say that as a player who doesn't play Spellslinger, that is a super annoying ability. It is awesome. Spatial shift right into the warrior and the stalker, and then right back to stun him. Ugh. So they're, oh, it's beautiful. I'm so out. My, my, combo. My, my question about this, though, is does it have a diminishing return like uh, normal CCs do, or is it just kind of like an always situation? Uh, I have not seen a diminishing return, mostly because there's very few Disorian abilities. And for Spatial Shift, the cooldown is long enough where it probably isn't noticeable. I will test it out this week, and next podcast I'll let you know for sure if there is or not. Well, That's the, a very good question. Yeah, the only reason I'm asking is there's a couple abilities that really annoy the shit out of me. And one of them is being disoriented, and the other one is being blinded. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's what they're there for. No, 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 but hold on, listen to what I have to say. You know what me. else annoys me is when I die. <laughs> you know what <laughs> happens when I sucks? Is people hit me, and I can't hit them back. No, <laughs> okay, hold on, you... you bastards uh, <laughs> no i mean like for example okay i th i'm a stalker and i have tether i can sit there and i will tether someone and they go through the tether and get stuck okay we'll keep going fighting fighting fine they'll get out of the tether i'll throw a second one down depending on how everyone else is seeing this character like for example in in, in uh, walatiki temple uh when i when i if people are trying to cc them they will sometimes just completely walk through the second tether and it won't work because it's got a diminishing return. It's saying, no, 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 they've gotten stuns too many times. It's not going to work this time. And so the issue I'm having is that I think it's a, uh, I think it's an engineer ability that blinds you. If you're in a battle with like five engineers, you're just blind the entire time. It, it's, it's, so I, I'm hoping that there's some sort of diminishing return with those abilities like there is with CCs, but I haven't been really seeing them. So I was just more curious if that exists. I'll actually I will definitely test out spatial shift in open world PvP this week and I'll let you know next time. I I could see the tether issue happening in PvP, which makes sense. If you're constantly getting CC'd and people are stacking and stacking and stacking, yeah. it makes sense that some are gonna be overridden. Yeah, no, and, and, and I get that. I, I, I have complete understanding, but I think it should be across the board. You know, if if I'm gonna turn around and get blinded and then I get out of being blind and then I get blinded again and then I get out of blind and then I become blind again, I, I have a huge problem because I only have one CC breaking ability. I get out of that one and I'm blinded three more times and <laughs> I can't do anything. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, man, dude. What, honestly, if you're ta if you're using communication in PP battleground, that's supposed to happen and you're just gonna have to deal with it. Which sounds really mean to say. Yeah. But if you're talking about people like say we're talking on vent, we're able to chain our CC like that. Even with diminishing returns, that other person on the receiving end, which is obviously you, is just gonna be sitting there going. <laughs> What you just said made me really upset because now I have to say that you made a good point and like concede that you have some sort of intelligence. So <laughs> I agree with you. You made a good point. 
They, there should be diminishing returns on everything that affects the way your character behaves. I except for obviously, you and except for obviously death. Yes, death should not have diminishing that. returns on death would be <laughs> yeah. amazing. No, 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 no. Get... this guy just died. He can't die anymore. <laughs> just give him twenty minutes. He'll be fine. Then you can kill him. Death immunity. Death immunity. Death immunity. <laughs> god. Oh my god! Will you please just die. Okay. Anyway. Yep. And the last big change for uh, Spellslingers is going to be Homeward Bound. And what it normally does, what it's supposed to do, it's your get-out-of-jail-free card. Normally, what should when you go into the void, you'll heal for 5% of your max health so you don't die, which wasn't really happening. And now you'll supposedly live. Can I just say, as a medic, the most annoying thing in the world is when your DPS is getting hit by telegraphs and it's a Spellslinger, and they're like, oh my god, I'm going to die. And they're at like 70% health. And you're like on your way over <laughs> to them like, I don't need to run. You're taking damage at a much slower rate than I'm worried about. And they're like, oh, I'm going to die. And they void slip out. And now you're away from your tank for no reason. And then you're like, okay. And then you walk back over to your tank and start healing him. And then they come back into the world and they're on a telegraph that kills them. And you're just like, come on. What am I supposed to do? What am I even supposed to do? <laughs> That's why you combo. Well, it's an oh shit card that a lot of people don't use properly. Yes. It takes time. That's one of the weird ones because obviously you don't see anything, which is the point. So you're not sitting there going, ha ha. You're in a nightcrawler out, nightcrawler back in, and you're still fine for the most part unless you're dumb. And it's a really during... cool concept for an ability though. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah. And uh, something that uh, when during beta we had uh, a guild member that was using rolling a spell slinger and they used to piss us off because we would play in a dungeon oh, yeah. and we'd all wipe and he would <laughs> he'd void slip out, walk to the uh, beginning yes. of the dungeon and go and we'd get through the dungeon like oh my god I just spent like five gold to repair and he's like oh I didn't. I didn't have to spend any money. You and he was just making hand over fist just running dungeons. And it was a pain in the ass. <laughs> I have it a good solution. Works. It's awesome. I have a great solution. When when you die, you go into this like ghost mode, right? You should still be able to cast when you're in that mode, but only affect other ghostly things. Not other dead players, but other ghostly things. You know what should be another ghostly thing? Is a spell slinger who has void slipped. So if they void slip when everybody else is dead, everyone that's dead can just team up on them and kill them. <laughs> hey guys, it's going, oh. <laughs> that's exactly what would happen. I would Instant murder rival. everyone in our guild that void slips. But uh, moving on to Stalker and Warrior, if you want to take Stalker on. So the first thing is that Decimate and Punish no longer remove each other uh, if one is active. The reason that's cool is both Decimate and Punish are crit-specific abilities. So uh, if you crit and you use one of those two abilities, it's saying that if you, it doesn't automatically void out the other one. So it's not like, oh, you critted once, you can only spend it on one of these two uh, abilities. They're saying if you crit, you can, you can turn around and do both. At, at least that's how I read it. I, I'll look forward to actually seeing it. But then again, I don't know what build has both Decimate and Punish in the same because Decimate is a, a good tanking ability while Punishment is a good a DPS ability. A low-level build would probably have that. Maybe. Maybe. The next one is Collapse. Tier 4 Root is uh, is not broken from the damage of Collapse. That seems counterproductive. I agree with that note. So Collapse is an ability which I sadly, as a tanking stalker, only learned until last week. So I feel like a horrible yep. tank. Uh, yep. a hor horrible tank. Hilarious. Uh, I die so much. Yeah. So the the collapse ability brings three tar three of the furthest targets close up to you in this small little area. And on tier four you actually get to root them. So but it does a little bit of damage, but when you would root them and do the damage that uh, Collapse did, it would then unroot them because they're only rooted until you do damage. So that's really, really helpful. Could you root them and then run away and never touch them and have them root indefinitely? 
No, the I root. Think the root is applied. Aww. I think the damage is applied when the root is applied, which is not. Which is supposed to happen, but for some reason was breaking the root that yeah. it started in the first place. Yeah. Gotcha. So no, the root is only is on a timer. It's only good for a certain amount of time. But yeah, like like Doc said, it uh, it kind of was counterproductive where right, you right, right. do damage and and stun them and oh hey stun is broken now. The next awesome thing is it seems like uh, just about every ability has increased uh, the range by five meter, uh, 0.5 meters. So decimate, Ooh. cripple, nice. frenzy, nanovirus, punish, rune, shred, and whiplash have all increased to 6.5 from 6, while impale has moved to 7 from a 6.5 really love this because i play this class and my weakness is the fact that i have to be super close to everyone so yeah, i've uh, tried this in pvp before and that extra 0.5 meter would be nice oh, when you're trying to chase someone down huge difference especially when you're trying to kill that damn spell slinger who just went over you and is just right in front of you, you can almost almost it's just right uh, oh, he, and you're both sprinting so you're like, there's yep. no distance closed you're like, <laughs> oh my god let me kill you yeah, no, it's it's a pain in the ass, but super super helpful. I'm totally but, on board with those changes. Those are but, those are great. Uh, that's the only ones that we uh, pointed out this week for for uh, stalkers. Since you uh, recently re-rolled a warrior, why don't you finish us off? Yeah, the warrior has a few good changes and interesting changes to him. Flashbang got an interesting twerk in the sense the blind duration is now cheaper. Now instead of lasting five seconds, it's 3.75 almost four and every tier bonus got lowered as well and this is honestly a change for pvp because warriors were just blinding everybody and going ha 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 now i kill you with my giant sword it'll help a little bit now yeah, they're yeah. Re they're really dominant they still are they're great they unlike other classes that'll just burst in warriors will ramp up and that's when they're really dangerous and with that ramp on top of a blind they're just wrecking balls and it's amazing uh, plasma wall got torched as well it got increased level damage per up and support power increase, which is good if you're tanking and you're low level tanking and you still use it. <laughs> it's, that was it's condescending. Not bad. Well, I, I'm a little condescending, most because I'm just starting to do research on tanking for warriors and plasma wall is nice, but I'm not holding threat that well. So I checked out Zybax tanking guide for warriors, which may not be all the way up to date right now, but it's giving some really good ideas and keeping threat. And to be honest, even at level 18 running right in the void, I rarely ever drop threat now, and it's amazing. So if you guys get a chance to YouTube Zybax tanking guide, it's a great starting point to see what what works for th good threat, and even actually doing decent damage. But and stuff like that, plasma wall is not really helpful for it because you're doing damage but no threat. So I'm I'm gonna get off topic slightly. Are you having threat issues as a warrior? Like, is that something that's actually really difficult for you? Because I find as a uh, stalker, I don't have issue with threat unless I make a mistake. Like if I screw up my rotation and I lose threat, but like for for the most part, it's like super easy for me screw to keep. Screw up your rotation and lose threat. What about forget to be in tanking stance? How about that? Screw up. <laughs> As a well, warrior, yeah. Like I said, like true. when I screw up, I screw up. Not 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 that my class has a deficiency in that ability. Although well, in all fairness, you haven't done that in a while, thankfully. Yeah, yeah thankfully. Uh as for warriors, early on, obviously, while you're still you're still learning how threats working in Wildstar, which is still kind of wonky occasionally, it was a little hard to get threat going. And and I didn't have a lot of synergy in my skills, so I started doing research on it. Once that happened, I realized, oh, you know, using the plasma torch or whatever it is, along with menacing strike and this and that will help keep my threat up, but now I'm no longer doing damage. But if I start doing more damage, it's a weird little balance that worries to find of what's the right utility versus what's the right damage versus what's the right threat. Okay. Because damage will 
generate threat, yeah. but obviously not enough to keep threat. Gotcha. So, I apologize for getting off the topic, but I was just curious. No, it's all good. And Rampage got twerked a little bit too. They got the damage was lowered pretty much across the board on everything, but not a whole lot. Rampage is still a phenomenal skill for warriors. Even actually my tanking loadout, just like Zyback, I'm really loving Rampage because it actually keeps your damage going using like polarity field with shield smash and menacing strike. But Rampage keeps your DPS going. So you still generate a little more threat each time. And Whirlwind got a buff. It still looks awesome. It probably still is kind of bad. <laughs> we'll have to see what happens. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't me exasperated. That was somebody else. I don't know which one of you guys it was, that was but that true. was exactly what I was thinking. That was me. Yeah. It, it got more damage per level. It got more assault power per level as well, per rank. It still looks awesome. I don't know, man. It still feels underwhelming for the skill. That's my opinion, though. That, anyway. I think that skill's a really dangerous one that can get out of hand really quickly. Oh, yeah. And I think that's why they're really tentative of really giving it a nice torque to up everything. Or the, all of a sudden you're just going to be watching Warriors flashbang and then spin to win in every single PvP match or PvE and just steamrolling shit. Spin to win! That's my favorite. I've never yeah. heard that before. <laughs> oh, man. You never play League of Legends then. Fucking nope. Demacia everywhere. Whirlwind is super helpful when you're in Waltiki Temple and you're up on that top area and you're all trying to keep that, that top zone controlled by your side. And up you got a warrior that runs in just like, hey, I'm hitting everyone. Just, I mean, uh, just blatantly, just everyone's getting damaged. No one is safe. <laughs> I was in a pre-made once with three warriors that would just take turns. Like, one of them would run to where the top, like, if we're, wherever the mask is, would run to the mask and just sit on it and whirlwind. And then they'd be done, and then they'd run <laughs> off the mask, and another one would run and whirlwind. And then he would run off until the uh, until it was clear. And then a medic every oh, once man. in a while would drop a... Uh, a uh, field on it and it was Can just you hilarious imagine all that cc a warrior could bring utility work and bring a table just have you had three warriors they just like leap in what first one leaps in spins knocks down then blinds and just starts rampaging second one leaps in whirlwinds knockdowns blinds keeps rampaging it's constant cc chain i've seen it happen with two warriors alternating on their cc before it's devastating it's awesome. And that's why communication is important in everything, really. Yeah. I was going to say PvP, but in everything. Relationships. <laughs> but yeah, that's all what? the class changes. <laughs> Wait, what? Where did this come from? It's true. It's just No, it is true. It is true. We are... It, it, all this stuff. So basically, if your relationship's going down, you got to twerk it, so bring it up. Just don't, <laughs> just, just don't twerk the whirlwind, because if you twerk it too high, you're just going to throw her through a wall. Yeah. Which sounds horrible. How about, how about they just stop now? Let's just do that. Yeah. Yeah. I got nothing. <laughs> so PvP for war plots. We haven't played a whole lot of them, obviously. I want to start mercenarying on some of them, but hopefully. But, Not a whole lot means zero, by the way. Yeah, true. But I've, oh, I'm so interested in it, especially now that I'm getting more into PvP. But for good news for people that are doing war plots, Avatis from Genetic Archives, I believe. He is now a war plot boss. In order to get him, like all other war plot bosses, war plot bosses, wow. you have to have beaten him already, and then you have to get his token. So make sure you have that. Go grind him. Make sure you get a good luck with that, though. And you'll have Avatis as your war plot boss. I, I have yet to get into a war, war plot. I think my big thing this next weekend is just going to sit in queue for a war plot because I just want to try it. I want to do it so badly. Yeah, and you need to have a lot of planning for them. They're, they seem like a really great experience, especially for endgame PvP. As I hope with between this and Daggerstone and whatever else Sabotage is bringing to the table... At the next month to two months, we'll have a, a nice, big, like, PvP upswing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they, they left out this last month uh, PvP completely, and I think it's because I think they're probably going to do a back and forth, you know, 
PVE, PVP, PVE, PVP, you know, just go back and forth with content each month. I think that's yeah. a, and I think that's a great idea. Uh, and so there's that, other, there's a ton of other content you can do as well too, besides yeah. just PVE, PVP switching off. Yeah, I, no, there absolutely is. But I know that next month they're really, really pushing PVP and I'm really excited about that. Oh, that's gonna be fun. So yeah, with all the other content, just like I said, where we don't have everything, like data, like Datascape has cinematics now. Uh, there's a bunch of tweaks to genetic archives as well. We don't know a whole bunch about them personally to give you a definitive talk. Go check them out in the notes, please. And for other content, the biggest thing that I'm personally happy about, and I think everyone else can agree with me, you no longer start accidentally sitting in chairs anymore. <laughs> oh my god! Thank you. Yeah, that was kind of a problem. <laughs> Yeah, like, there are all these challenges where you have to pick stuff up off of a chair, and then you run up to the thing you need to pick up, and you press F, and you just sit next to it. And you're like, no, no, though, I wanted to grab that, not sit But then you jump out and hit F again, and you're back in the chair. Yep. And then you have to, like, zoom in really close and right-click on the... It's like a soda can. It's, like, three pixels big. You're just... It taunts you while Flash is yellow. Yep. Mind you, I still think it's awesome. I can sit on almost everything in the game, but you know. <laughs> well, except for anything in your in your plot, but yeah. for some weird reason, yeah, it make any sense. Womp, womp. Yeah. There's a few things that are gonna hit uh, exiles harder than Dominion, especially like a Loftite Loftite Crystal farming exploit. Radiation is now gonna hurt Mountain players as well. And one thing I didn't realize until I saw it happen last week. There's a cave in Crimson Badlands on Dominion side that if you were able to go through it would actually send you into Crimson Isle. And for Exile PvPers, that was that's a gold mine of free prestige. You just, you know, sneak your way over there, get through the cave. Hey, you're in Crimson Isle where you're level 50 walking around level 3s. Oh, just reaping the prestige. Until now, that's no longer able to go through. You Exile players can no longer go through the cave. I bet there's one level 50 Exile character that just saved, like, like logged out in uh, Crimson Isle. And they're just going to come back every, like, day or so and just run around and gank a bunch of people, then log <laughs> out and just never leave Crimson Isle. No. There's always one player who leaves something like that, yeah. No, I'm, yep. like, 99.9% .9 sure that there is a level gap on open world pvp where you're actually getting prestige for it so i'm pretty sure level 50s in a level 3 zone is not getting prestige by killing them but it just makes it miserable playing as the level 3 character trying to just get to the basic point in the game and really learn your character when you're getting ganked by 50 so yeah, indigo I, indigo knows about this uh this change because hand. uh because it's him. He's the guy that runs around killing level threes. I have never killed anyone below <laughs> twenty. Thank you very much. That did not start it with me. Okay, let's just throw. I, it. I'm gonna I record have... it. I'm gonna record it. What it happens next, and I'm gonna <laughs> put it on Facebook. And I'll, and I'll, you know what? We'll have to make that breaking news for the strange tales. Look at this shit. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that to go big a dick. Yeah, and... <laughs> which is not new, by the way. Me being yeah, sure. I think we've is... already established that <laughs> that you're that you're the uh, you're the you're the PvP dick in, in the loveliest way possible on, on strange tales. I, again, again, they the usually PvP start PvP dick. <laughs> <laughs> the big PvP dick. That, looked, that sounded weird. Well, that sounded, well as long as it's not whirlwinding everybody, he's fine. <laughs> wow, that was a weird image. Let's go on to the next Boom. thing. Uh, okay, in Grim Vault, there's a quest called Big Game Hunters where you would fight cloned bosses. They were pretty weak. And according to Carbine, they would spend some time in the gym. And now they're big and beefy and GTL, whatever that means, all day long. Yeah, so, they were one shot. With oh ability. yeah, it was yeah. funny and sad. It yeah, it was, was sad. Pretty. Disappointing. I was like, uh, is that a clone of me? I'm not that bad at this game. Jeez. <laughs> oh wow. Oh, 
Yeah, I, yay and nay at the same time. I'm awesome that they're making making it a little bit more difficult. At the same time, those people that have already done that don't get to experience it, which kind of sucks. But uh, I'm gonna go back to Grimball and experience it just for funsies. Yeah. Well, but, no, you're not gonna experience it because you're a level fifty. See, so it's when you're building up a new character when you finally get there with your mesmer. Mesmo. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry, Matt, Mesmo. Matt. I Can I also tell you one more thing about Mesmo? Mesmo's house is called the Mesmorium. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I, I uh, agree with this. this is, that's great. Well, let's, let's jump down a little bit because there's, honestly, Settlers and Explorers got some nice little twerks. But I thought was really cool was in trade skills, Architects are going to make less money. Some of the item qualities were lowered, so you're not going to make as much as you sell into vendors. But there's some cool new crafting blueprints going into Thade and Ilium, including stuff like Uncooked Ash Hen. Cheap seats, which uh, I can only assume is some kind of cheat, uh, seating ground, a large training ground fab kit, and <gasps> my personal favorite, oh my god, a space taco stand. <laughs> oh, so awesome! I we, wanted to. Oh my god, we had a huge discussion with this. Yeah, last we night. did. We it's did. Amazing, and this needs to happen. But I wanted to. If you want, I want you to click on it, and it gives you a space taco. Yeah. Well, I, I, like a little bit of food. <laughs> yeah, like a little bit of food. But we were talking about how awesome it would be if it evolved into like this meme of Wildstar, the space taco. And eventually they had a mount called the space taco truck. And this mount had a couple of awesome abilities uh, the way we described it. I think it carried multiple players. So you could have up like to, up to five. Yeah, up so to five can, like, players. You can roll in, in deep with your crew. In one mount. It had. So when you disembarked, you lose like two silver, but you get a space taco. So it, it, the silver doesn't go to the driver. You just lose two silver and you get a space taco. And then we were talking about how awesome it would be if it had a horn and it played. What was that song called again? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever like every space taco truck should. Yeah. Yes. But then we were like, oh, that would get so annoying. What would we do if somebody was just like at the the commodities exchanges honking their horn, spamming their horn? Just uh, imagine like a low rider convention style. Because I'm from Southern California, because those are everywhere and they're oh awesome. Goodness. But yeah, like 30 space California. taco trucks all blaring the Mexican Mexican hat dance song. It happens. Oh my god, it's it legitimate. I mean, they're not taco trucks, but th that legitimately happens. I think it would be awesome if every horn press costed a plat, and when you push the <laughs> horn, it would play the song, and then the plat would be evenly distributed amongst everybody who could hear it. So that way, you so you're getting paid to listen to the annoying thing, and the person who's doing it isn't going to be able to spam it unless they want to lose thousands of plat, which they don't have. But on the but bright side, every time you pick to... up passengers, you get two silver back, and they get a taco. Exactly. exactly. But that that horn has to play the entirety of uh, the Mexican <laughs> hat dance. It's like not just seven three seconds. <laughs> if you're gonna sing the whole thing right now, I'm gonna leave. <laughs> One platinum for everybody. <laughs> I expect a Come platinum on. end game. Between that and the space taco stand, can you imagine like a food truck night in Ilium? Just for like getting community together would be pretty awesome. Space That's taco cool. Tuesdays. Space I'm just taco saying. Tuesdays. That needs to happen. Damn. <laughs> yeah, it's that was pretty much those are the biggest parts of the PTR note on top of, you know, the introductions like Jaggerstone and a new dungeon that was revealed last week. And it's a game show. Yeah. And hosted by Protostar. So, it's going to be awesome. What other race could host something like this? This is like... For money. For money. A lop. <laughs> oh my god, that's a lop dungeon true. awesome. That, I mean, Skullcano. Well, that's kind of... Uh, uh, yeah. Skullcano, yeah. Yeah, that but, one. 
can you imagine the guy from Malgrave being like your personal guide through all this awesome loft stuff that happens? But anyway, so the new dungeon is called the Ultimate Proto Star Games. It's gonna be a level ten dungeon. Yay. Which is going to be cool. It's going to be an intro to Dungeons 101. Yeah, I remember way back when, before they made lower-level ship hands, uh, what's the name of their their boss, everybody's boss at Carbine? Shoot. Gaffer? There you go. Yeah. Gaffney. He did an AMA, and at one point somebody asked, like, hey, I kind of don't like the fact that I have to wait till level 20 to get into a dungeon. Can you fix that? And he's like, well, dungeons take a lot of time. Like, that's not something we can just throw in. And then some random person suggested, like, why don't you make a lower-level ship hand or, like, move one of your ship hands to a lower level? And he's like, that's a good idea. And I think this is kind of an answer to that, like, further down the line. He's like, okay, we, we made that little temporary fix, but now we're going to put a full-fledged dungeon for level 10 players, which is cool. I'm excited to do it, even though I'm level 50. <laughs> well, they're going to have a veteran version of it, too. As well. Oh, but really? But the goal behind Ultimate Protostar Games is to get you to get used to the mechanics in Dungeons and Raids. Because honestly, going from 1 to 20 is easy, and then you get into Storm Talon, and the game does shift. Even though you do get prepared through the open world, once you run into the first boss, everything just kind of flips on its head. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, it, it's it's definitely been needed, you know. Uh, just for the fact that at level 6, I can go out and start PvPing and going up the PvP ranks. But the fact that I have to wait, like two what is it two fifths through my max level before i can do my first dungeon yeah it's kind yeah, of weird. a long time yeah and you only get them whatever once every 10 to 15 levels too there's only well, you, dungeons right now yeah you get your you get the first two at 20 and then you get one at 35 is that right Skullcano, yeah Skullcano at 35 and then nothing till 50 which is sword maiden but then you get the instant veterans of everything which is yeah. kind of odd but having yeah. ultimate protostar games fill the gap early on to get you ready for it is nice why yeah. do you think that's odd i liked getting all the veterans at the same time mostly because trying to queue as a level 50 for normal sword maiden is very long and arduous uh, and it doesn't yeah, happen yeah, a yeah. lot yeah so i still haven't had done to, sword maiden yeah oh i've tried it it's really fun it's really challenging and some people have complained about it being too challenging we should do it Oh yeah, totally. No, no. Would you guys suggest if, if, to fix that issue? Do you think you would have to make a gold run of something to get veteran? Because no. I would be completely okay with that. I would no. aim, honestly, it'd be cool with just a silver run. Like do silver storm talent and normal, and then that'll mm -hmm. unlock veteran storm talent. It shows be okay that you know the that. basics of storm talent, and then hey, now really test yourself. Sure. Or sure. crazy idea, unlock sword maiden at level forty-eight. Boom. Probably uh, a better idea. My problem solved. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cooler part is about Ultimate Pro Star Games. We have uh, Kudandero from Warbringer. Oh, yeah. He uh, took it upon himself to record the dungeon. So yep. it's it's all in PTR. It's all wonky. But you get a chance to see what it looks like. And the map's been data mined as well. It's really cool. It's got a unique tw uh, twist. It's kind of like a, a dungeon in a box. Kind of like the next raid they're hinting at. But it'll help you get the basics down. And speaking of the raid, that should be coming in soon as well in the PTR. Both Ultimate Protostar games and the raid, once again, are not part of the Sabotage drop. They're later on, and they're really buggy. So, heads up. Yeah, which is fine. Uh, I mean, looking at the uh, maps to Protostar, though, something I wanted to bring up is that they uh, look like very small individual maps. So none of the maps are connected whatsoever. So it kind of looks like a bunch of small, uh, like, arenas that you're put into. Like many instances in your instance. Yeah. yeah you're yeah. being ported in, you do the objective, and you're ported out and put somewhere else. Yeah, which I'm intrigued to see if you get if you have to go through all of the maps or if it's kind of like a Random an adventure. Choice. 
Yeah, like, oh, that'd be interesting. A, ran- a random choice or an adventure where it's like you get to choose which direction you go. Oh, sure, that'd be interesting. Yeah, because right now it looks like, what, 12 to 17 different maps of this dungeon. Yeah, so I- I'm intrigued, especially at level 10, to see what happens. You know, yeah. if, if they're going to, which direction they decide to go. The most intriguing is the football field shaped map. Yeah, I, I, I'm really excited about that I one. No idea I want to know what the hell is happening with that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what's going on there. That's going to be really cool. The raid is coming, like, like we said as well. Where's my notes? And they're obviously, <laughs> obviously someone let it slip that six raids are being currently in development and various stages for future drops. They aren't saying when those are even going to be on the PTR, but they are looking at it and they're making them for both 20 and 40. So you're not going to be seeing more 20 than 40 or everything being 40. Other than that, with that raid coming in eventually, you're talking about the attunement being tied to that raid being less demanding than our current attunement for Datascape and Genetic Archives. And I'm assuming that's because it's going to be tied to the content between now and then. Which makes more sense than saying, well, now you got to start all the way over, go back to Pyrolos to get your second attunement stuff. Instead of just saying, now you're just going to say, well, here's raid 2. So from this point on, here's your attunement. You don't have to go all the way back, which right. I'm okay with. Some people are crying nerf on it because that's just not how it's happening. Well, that's now, how they're doing it. Now, this is my, my curiosity to you guys. Do you think they're going to do it as an if you get this key and you're attuned this way, you'll get this dungeon? Or if you get this key and this attunement, you'll get to do this dungeon? Or do you think it'll be if you get one of these keys, you get to do both? Like uh, – I'm curious of what you guys think is one better or two more likely going to happen. I think it's going to be ahead. linear. Like I think it's going to be you attune for the first dungeon, then you attune for the second dungeon, then you attune for the third dungeon. Like I don't think they're going to change the way it works. I think they're just going to make since they're going to be more dungeons. I think they're going to make each step easier. So I don't think it's a nerf. Like if I had to do a 12-step attunement process for every single dungeon, and they're going to drop six more of them, I would shoot myself in the face. As a new player, I mean, as a as a player coming from the very beginning of the game, where I'm probably going to be attuned for the first, where I'm hopefully going to be attuned for the first two dungeons before the next one drops, mm-hmm. like doing a third attunement isn't a huge problem for me. But if I was coming into the game for the first time and there were six attunements to do and they were all 12 steps long, I'd shoot myself in the face. Oh yeah. And some of them are going to be obvious once you're done with the, once you're done with genetic archives and data escape, you're already going to be beloved with your entire faction. You've already silvered yeah. every single dungeon. So yeah. what's the point of doing it all again? Aren't I going to gold every dungeon? Uh, uh-uh. uh, well, yeah, well, and then you, you're you right. Eventually you'll run out of stuff to make people do like find an exile player named, billy bob and kill him three times without him saying anything in chat like they'll just get absurd yeah so having it tied to the the content around that new raid coming out seems like a fair deal a fair trade-off it obviously won't be as long as the current attunement but it'll still be as challenging yeah i think the next thing was uh veteran ship hands they're talking about him i would love that to happen yeah, I love veteran. I love ship hands. So going into the possibility of being able to do veteran ship hands is freaking awesome. That's just a rumor, though. It's not confirmed. They true, someone true, said, well, true, we true, might true. be doing them. Yeah. That's why I'm saying please and not thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then obviously the change is happening to the gold medal runs for veteran adventures and dungeons will be hitting really soon. It hasn't happened yet. So See, that hold on to that. Thank you. Because yeah. I know that's happening. Oh, thank God. I, I've now been seeing the whole, like, oh, now it's impossible for us to get a gold. Drop, 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 drop. Like, <laughs> stop. See, now, feel my gold. pain. Feel my pain, crew. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> let it, let it fester. Let, let yeah. the hate ruin through you. It's already fostered. You don't have to help it. <laughs> and they're even talking about doing a refer friend program. That's 
interesting for good yeah, and bad. Yeah, and and this is something we were we were talk we mentioned yesterday, and we we're talking oh, about yeah. for a friend. I I seem to be the the one again that shares a very different opinion than the two of you. Which the refer friend program a month in scares the hell out of me. Now why is that? Because that is a, it seems really odd to me to think of that way. It scares the hell out of me that we are a month in and we are already desperate to try to recruit friends and gain more people. Like that their numbers are so low that they're desperate for more people. Again, okay. Again, uh, this is me being a negative Nancy. But, but you're also speculating because we yeah, haven't I was had any say, numbers. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely. said we're desperate, and you don't know they're desperate. And and the point I was making yesterday was maybe they're a fur because we already have friend keys for people, right? Like we can already give people those things, right? Confirm yes. somebody because yeah. I yes, haven't do. done it. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. Yeah, we get, everybody gets three keys, but continue. It, right. So they obviously have the ability, I don't know if they do or not, to track how many of the people that used a friend key actually end up purchasing the game and staying with it. So maybe they're just seeing those numbers being so great that they want to take advantage of that like hype and that like momentum and be like, oh, this is working really well and making us a lot of money. Let's do it more. So I, I don't think it has to be necessarily, oh, we have no players. We need to get more players. It yeah, could but just be... This is a huge influx of players. Let's try to make it even Strike more. The iron's hot. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, right now we can all hand out stuff to people and no big deal. But if there's a refer friend program, it, it to me it's putting incentive to try to do some sort of additional advertisement that they don't that they can't do. You know, word of mouth is the is the major major way that something expands and spread is word of mouth. So if they're having problems with word of mouth. That that's again, uh, we they have not posted any numbers. We have no idea what the actual numbers are. The only thing that I know about numbers is that I don't have a four-hour queue to get into the game anymore. So uh, that's true. I, that's a thing. I, that that does say something, yeah. And yeah, they did expand. The yeah, I was gonna say they could have to demand, which is what yeah. they did at launch. But that's a good point. You're going right in, and obviously hours fluctuate. I can see that being a cause for alarm. Yeah. Again, I'm not Maybe. freaking out. I Maybe. still, I still love the game, and I, clearly, I like the game enough to actually spend my Monday nights sitting here talking with you guys. But I, I mean, it it's, it frightens me, and, and it's just because I look at the negative things before I look at the positive things in life, and that's a horrible uh, way to do things. <laughs> yeah. I, now I we're gonna it. get into the psychology portion of this podcast. <laughs> but I, I see mean, it as a, as an iffy thing, um, mainly because we do know where a lot of or some of their development team came from, mm-hmm. and they know what's coming in the holiday season, and they do know that they are a no name game. They have no no established IP, and I see I see refer a friend as a possible beginning to a to not not a strike because there's no competition it's them trying to keep their player base and continue on once warlords hits because once warlords of draenor hits even if they don't even if people just resub for a week and come back to wildstar they're still a lot of them are still going to resub anyone who anyone who doesn't believe that mm-hmm. really doesn't understand the power blizzard has and i was gonna say is, is warlords of whatever you said is that a wow thing a warlords wow of draenor thing? is their 10 year anniversary expansion and it's Ooh. gonna be big. It looks Ooh. impressive. I'm I'm not going back to it. I love, but I I keep tra- track of it because I love Blizzard's development cycle and I know where Carbine comes from. They a lot of them that came from Blizzard know how Blizzard does things. They're really good at estimating when big content should come out that sal- makes gamers salivate. Yeah. And I can see Refurf and being one of their things where like, hey, you know, bring your friends into Wildstar, keep playing. You both get cool cool shit. Like, hey, your mount and your XP, whatever. That way, when holiday season comes around, we're in what 
drop number five or six and you don't see the huge dip that some games get when a new blizzard um expansion comes out yeah you know what you just brought up something completely that i hadn't even thought when is that expansion coming out warlords is coming out i believe in november okay I was thinking maybe the reason why they're starting to push this now is so that they do get people. Like the, one of the major killers for Dreamcast was the fact that uh, PS3 was looming around the corner. Ooh, it's it's almost here. It's here. It's almost here. Maybe, maybe that's what they're doing now is that they're trying to push out the content, push out the amount of people that's actually seen it so that they're not having to turn around and lose possible people because, you know, the, the new WoW is coming out. Yeah, and if you get your friends playing a game, you're more inclined to stay with them as well. Oh, yeah, huge difference. When I was playing WoW and my friend stopped playing, uh, only one, I, I didn't understand what I was doing. I was just walking around doing shit. Like, it was it was so boring. And yeah. that's why I, I really enjoyed Wildstar is the fact that we have a guild. We've got a bunch of people. We get on vents, and we you know almost hit our limit on a regular basis. And it's it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and uh, like I said, Refer Frank can really go both ways. It's a double-edged sword. I'm kind of sticking in the middle on it. I really mm-hmm. want to see what happens. I would love to see some numbers, but love I'm not a bi- I'm just curious, not or like, oh, this is it, or oh my god, it's amazing. For a fact that they're a no-name IP, doing as well as they have with the hype they're getting, all the positive press and all the positive community press for it, it's great. And they're obviously taking steps to ensure that they're not going to be a flash in the pan two year before free to play game. Yeah, they, they want this to be around and have their 10 year Wildstar reunion where, hey, guess what? The entity's back in some way, shape or form. Kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, no, I see it. So other than that, that's those are the biggest things we've seen and talked about for the PTR. Let's go into the 101 for this week. And I'm going to let you guys take this over on this because I am not a huge housing person. But talking to you guys earlier tonight. If we, not if, but when we finally get a video component of Strange Tales going on, I want to take what you guys are doing in your houses and apply it to that and create a Strange <laughs> Tales studio, which kind of sounds a little weird and hokey, but fun. So people can see the kind of stuff going on in game with us talking as well. But this year, this this week's 101 is all about housing. Uh, away, guys. Krug, if you don't mind, uh, I'll, I'll start this one off and then you can uh, knock yourself you, out, buddy. You can put the cherry on top. So housing uh, is a really, really fun aspect of the game that you don't gain until level 14. Uh, once you get once you hit level 14, there is a quest in town uh, or in your major city, either Fade or Ilium, where you actually will talk to Protostar and deal with their little fun little. I, I think it's different depending on Fade and Ilium, but you no, have the same do, thing, the same oh, spiel. Okay, so you have to listen to their whole spiel, and then you get a, a plot. And on your plot there, you'll have things called plugs. There is a total of, let's see, six, seven plugs. There are four small plugs, two large plugs, and a center plug. The center plug will only be able to place your house. With that house, you can choose which type of house. If you were one of those people who did a beta, did beta or pre-order it you'll actually have the spaceship house which is a -a one-of-a-kind house that no one else can get other than the people that pre-ordered and then there the two the four sorry four smaller plots you can put different things in so a big thing that people have been putting in these plugs are mining areas so if you are a blacksmith sorry an armor or a weaponsmith you're going to need a lot of iron so you can actually place a mining node in your property so that you're able to go there and mine uh, multiple times during the day and there's a lot of little small silly stuff you know there is a um a festival that that you can put in your house that you can walk over and click on and get some food and that one's tied to your path level yeah 
yes. So that one you'll actually, as you grow in your path, you'll actually unlock the the fab kits. And fab kits are actually what you need to place down uh, on these nodes. So, or I'm sorry, on these uh, plugs. So if you have an architect friend, they're actually going to be the ones that are going to be making a majority of these. There's also a ton of world drops. There's a ton of uh, challenge drops that will also give you these different things. Uh, something else that's really, really super fun about, uh, about these plugs is that uh, you can actually put challenges on these plugs. So these challenges you can go to, I think the cooldown on them is currently 30 minutes. You can go into your house, do a challenge, and gain a reward. It's a lot of fun, and they and they range from like the one I have on my plot is a boot uh, a bootlegger. So you jump That's on the default one, I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, everyone gets that. I haven't I haven't changed it out, but you basically jump on a bunch of grapes a couple times, then you pour the the juice out, and then you actually go through a distilling process and actually make alcohol, where you can then click on it and get disoriented, which I think is hilarious. And Krug had at one point a garbage pile where you had to like click in and, and yeah. be shot out of. Yeah, you really like jumped into do. the garbage pile and then you had to like it, it like spat you back out and it like spat out this goop and you had to kill the goop and then uh, you had to like collect the stuff from the goop and then like repeat until you got a certain amount of goop things. Now one thing to realize with the one because this is the one on one it's all about learning the ropes of it. I learned personally because I was really tentative about it. When you replace a, a plug, it is destroyed. And replace with the brand new plug. So yes. if you yeah. are really there's no way to move them. You just have yeah. to remove them. Yeah. So if you lose your festival fab kit because you wanted to put in a crafting station, you need to go get the fab kit again if you want it. Yeah, and you have to continue to upgrade and tier it. So right now I have Festival Tier 4 on there, and uh, I, uh, it doesn't do anything great for me, but I'm definitely afraid of getting rid of it because I don't want to have to then turn around and re-tier it all the way up. Yeah, it's not like it's not like items that you can place in your house. Uh, items, which you will also get, or decor is what it's called in the game. You'll actually get a bunch of different decor that you can place and move around and put in your house. Decor, you have a crate. You just put that item in your crate anytime that you're not using it. You have a storage space of, of I believe, 300. Uh, 800. And, 800 uh, it, interior, 300 exterior. Yeah. No, no, I, in your crate. Oh, in your crate. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, it's the same in the crate. Oh. I didn't know okay. that there was a difference between interior and exterior crates. Oh, I didn't know. No, no, and how much you can put out. Sorry, I apologize. Because of the 101. You have a limit of 300 items you can put on your plot of land. I was, I was thinking about that instead of the crate, sorry. And inside your house, you have up to 800 items max. Yeah. And so, Something like that. That probably was confusing. <laughs> yeah, that's my fault. But this, this is the 101. I didn't really know what you're talking about, and that makes sense. I didn't know you had a limit on your crate. So Yeah, you have a physical limit of how much decor items you actually can have in your physical crate at a time. And then you have a physical limit of how much you can put inside your home, and you have a physical limit of what you can place outside of your home. Uh, now, mind you, these plugs that are on your property do not count as decor items that you have outside of your home. Uh, and there's been some really, really cool stuff that people have been building with decor items. There's also a vendor in your housing area, so you can actually just click the vendor item, uh, vendor button and be able to yeah, purchase... It's not an actual vendor, it's just a button that says vendor on it. It's a yeah. decor vendor. <laughs> yeah. And with those, you can buy walls, floors, stair units, uh, trees. You, there's a bunch of dif different items that you can buy within the vendor. That you can is change the atmosphere. Yeah, you can yep. change the atmosphere. You can change the uh, the, the sky around you because you can change the, the sky and the atmosphere are the same thing. But like some will have like a moody sky. Some will actually change the area so it looks like you're underwater in the entire area. So those are really really cool things about it. Craig, do you want to go into 
like the the different abilities to move and change and manipulate items within it. Yeah, I'm down. And there's actually one thing I want to point out that I think you overlooked. Sure. Uh, since this is the 101 and we have to assume people don't know anything. When you log out in your house, you get what's mm, called rest yes. XP, which basically when you log in the next time, you'll have a certain amount of rest XP. And you, whenever you gain XP normally, you'll just get additional XP, like with the normal XP, until your rest XP runs out. So it's just like, just go log out in your house, and then you get to level faster. That's and I'll add on, on that. Line. If you're rolling alts, and this is your, and you didn't really know this trick, if you can get them to 14 and have them just sit in their plot, and you just keep rolling or keep playing on your main, when you go back to level those guys, your leveling experience is much easier. Yeah, because then you have like 50 levels worth of rest XP. Potentially. <laughs> yeah, and rest XP is affected by what is in your house. So for example, there there are certain buffs. Oh, excuse me. Uh, there are certain buffs that each decor item gives you. So I think there's like ambiance and lighting and like, I don't know, smell or food or, or something like that. <laughs> so there are these different little aspects of your house and each decor item contributes to one of them. So you have obviously lights contribute to the lighting one. Like ambiance is affected by maybe uh, like a nice couch or a fireplace. Uh, and so you can tier up each of those buffs, and if you tier them all up, you get more rest XP per time spent in your house. Now, really not, cool every, not, not every single item uh, uh, goes towards that. You can just Correct. have items in your house that don't right. uh, make any reference to any of the, the buffs. They're just yeah. decor items. Yeah, and in the vendor, it'll show you a little icon next to the item that you're about to buy that shows you what uh, what little thing it – what uh, little buff effects and i think also in your crate it'll show you what item uh, affects which uh buff so yeah it's good times now as for putting stuff down uh and i guess before we talk about this we should talk about what we're doing with our houses because i think sure uh, it would help give a little uh context to to yeah. the what we're talking about i just learned today that you're not limited by just your land yes, yes. Like you guys are actually yeah, from indigo's build into your house yeah yep so uh, do you want to talk about yours first Sure, sure. So I saw that Krug was building something in his house that he'll go over in a couple minutes, and uh, I decided that I was super jealous and I wanted to make something really cool too. Uh, so I ended up throwing a couple stair units in because I didn't want to get rid of my the land. I didn't want to get rid of the plugs on my uh, property. I wanted to actually build something but still be able to have the cool – because I have a thicket because I'm an outfitter. I still wanted to use that. I still wanted the challenges. I still wanted to mess with that, but I still wanted to build something really, really cool, really, really fun. So I built stairs and took everything really, really high up that above the highest item that I had, and then I built a second – tier up there and i built another level up there and i have been slowly building a uh, haunted house so <laughs> you, you actually the first only way in you actually walk through a forest which leads into a, a spooky forest which leads into a graveyard which will, leaves uh, leads into a mansion that i'm going to have look run down and taken over and then it will take you to a dining room and then the dining room will take you up to through some bedrooms and there's these mannequin units that you can actually place your old armor on and i want to throw armor on these uh, mannequins i actually want to place them in a way so it looks like they're dead bodies all over the place so it's a haunted scary spooky house uh, and then uh, i want to make a dungeon and I, I, you know there's a bunch of different stuff but I actually moved everything physically above the area so that you can – I was able to manipulate stuff but still have control uh, horizontally and vertically. And the height limit on your housing is – No idea. Wicked tall. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, he hasn't reached it yet, and he's gone like 
maybe a full house length above his house with the yeah. floor of his haunted house, and he's placing stuff on top of that floor. Yeah, That's I didn't even high. notice it until I had to. He's like, look up. I looked up. I'm like, holy crap! There's a giant floor in the middle of <laughs> that your same air. exact thing happened to me. He was like, oh, come into my house. It's really cool. And I'm walking around. I'm like, looks the exact same. And then he's like, go to the stairs. And I so I look around and I see this thing going up, and I'm like. Oh, that's different. <laughs> now, now, mind you, the reason I had to go the height that I, I went is that I found that – I don't know if it was a bug or what what if what it was. But I found that at a certain height, uh, the platforms would actually reshape depending on where I put them over my house. So like I would yeah. expand the, yep. the, the tiles to full size. And then when I was above of the, the plug where my house is, it would actually reduce in size so that I wasn't physically able to make them match with everything else. Yeah. So no, there are I a went, lot of bugs like that that I yeah. went into while I was doing my stuff. Uh, so what like, are you doing, Krug? Oh, okay. So my housing plot, first of all, is uh, bare bones right now. I'm, I'm taking a lot of time working on like the layout of everything just to make sure that I don't want to change anything because changing stuff is a huge pain. Yeah. The reasons I will explain. Uh, but what it's going to be is a uh, hospital. So I, I play a medic is my main. Uh, so I'm just gonna have a bunch of like hospital beds and like a, a like a wing for uh, researching. You know what? Now that I think about it, I totally talked about this on this podcast before. Yeah, we did. Yeah. But now that you know that you can actually uh, build yeah. vertically, it's great. <laughs> yeah, and now I'm thinking like maybe second floor and stuff like that. Uh, so anyways, doing that hospital thing that I talked about before on I think the first podcast. Yes. Uh, so the reason that I'm taking so long working on the foundation is because the movement of stuff is really bugged. Especially if you want to get something in like a very specific place without typing in numbers. Okay, so basically you have this item and your basic controls are rotation so there's a little green circle right below the item that you can click and rotate and it's really easy uh, and then it's only one axis rotation in the basic controls and then you have scale which is the size of the item and then you can obviously place the item which is just click and drag and that's it so those are the basic controls but then you can open up advanced controls which gives you three axis of rotation and then fine and coarse movement controls in every direction that's left right up down and then the that's it. Those are all the directions. Uh, <laughs> Wait, where else can we? Left, oh, right, front forward, and back. Backwards. Front and back is yeah. what I missed. Front and backwards. I know my. Yeah, it's in a total Z. It's on a total continuum. 3D space. Yes, obviously. So there's that. When you play stuff, it doesn't have to be touching anything else. So you can place anything in midair, uh, which is just a good thing to know. But the bugs that I'm talking about are so. For example, if I'm trying to place something in the middle of my plot, so I'm going to move it with the little uh, using the advanced controls, the little right arrow button. And as I reach a certain point in my plot, the right arrow button begins to move it in a different direction. So I'll, I'll be holding the right arrow button. I won't change anything. And it'll go from moving west to moving towards me. Like, going, go from moving to, to my right to towards me. Like it, huh. Or, or going, go from moving left to moving away from me. Or something like that. Like, there's just weird placement bugs. Like, I feel like if I'm going to click a button, it should move the object that I'm moving continuously across my entire plot without changing directions at any time. That might be like a like an invisible artifact that's there for an item that we just didn't notice. But knowing that, it, it gives you time to – you have to really kind of be patient with housing, especially when you're building stuff yes. on top of stuff. Yep. It's it's really kind of cool. I never was a big housing person, and them talking to me about it makes me really interested in doing a Strange Tale studio for the podcast. Yeah, you totally should, dude. That'd be adorable. It'd be really fun. But one thing I do want to point out to people who, because we're 101, you know, you can actually have a roommate. Anybody that yes. you're friends with and you become neighbors with, 
you can then make them roommates and they'll be able to help edit your house. They can't delete your crate items. Luckily, they used to be able to do that, but now they can't. <laughs> but you might log out and log back in and you might find a phallic symbol on your front lawn because <laughs> your friends decided, oh, well, <laughs> and um that yeah, was that's Peter Griffin laugh. Too. Totally Peter Griffin laugh. So, I don't know how I did that. <laughs> there's one other thing about uh, housing that I wanted to just briefly touch on, and that's this is something that not a tremendous amount of people know about, and that is the advanced, advanced movement options. So when you click advanced options, it will bring up a window or bring up a pane on the left side that gives you the X, Y, and Z arrows, which allow you to find enlarge movements. The other option is if you actually go scroll all the way down to the very, very bottom, there's actually a clickable dot that you that's called advanced options. And if you click that, it will actually show you the X, Y, and Z axis on the object that you're looking at. So it'll show you a blue, a red, and a green circle depending on which uh, movement you want. And so instead of having to guess from the window pane, it'll actually be on the item. Yes, yep, exactly. Exactly. So that you can actually grab the arrow and actually pull or push or uh, move the arrow to the f to the exact spot you want, versus having to click. You go, oh wait, that that was too big of a click. I got to do a smaller click in the opposite direction. This allows you to grab, physically drag, and drop where you want it to go. And That's, for all I you Matthew types uh, that want to do it this way because this is the way i do it uh you can also type in coordinates yep oh. Seems, it's really yep. easy oh, although honestly sometimes oh. those bug out too because when i was doing my floor i was like all right my floor is going to be set at a value of two and then i just type two and it would go up to the floor level and i type two and it would go up, the floor would go up to the level it's supposed to be at and then i got to a point where i would type two and it a whole character length <laughs> higher than the rest of the floor and i was just like no no, no two does not equal four two is two what i don't I don't get yeah. it. So <laughs> it's broken. But So patience and creativity will definitely help you in your housing. Yeah, the first one. Patience. And yeah. that is most definitely more information that anyone needs about housing in 101. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, well, that's, it was kind of cool. And one Actually, you forgot one important thing. If you have a farming plot and you want to make sure that you are constantly getting stuff and helping people out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can set the amount of resources that people get when they come and farm through your, your, your land. But where do yep. you access that? I forget. Oh, you should have told us you're going to ask us that question. Why? Well, because you guys did the 101 this week. You be prepared. Ha ha. I think I forgot about it. To be 100% honest with you, I think if you go to your the okay, so when you go into your housing plot, you get a little like secondary action set with your housing plot buttons. If you click on either the first or the second or the third button, <laughs> I'm not sure which one. Or is it the eighth? Well. There no, is no. A, there is a there's an option uh somewhere in there. Yes. I will I will there, go there's no 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 but uh, I know the rest of it. There's a okay. blue button at the top right of whichever window it's on, and you click that blue button and it'll bring you a window where you can configure the percentages. So you can do hundred percent for yourself, which is if somebody goes to your housing plot and mines your stuff, you get all the resources and they get and none. They get nothing, you can also do hundred percent for the farmer, which is you get none, they get all of it. And then you can do seventy five, twenty five, or fifty fifty split either direction. I've seen a lot of 50/50s, and you yeah. can even make your own your own land private or neighbor only as well, if you prefer to just you know keep to yourself, so no one can just hop on your plot without your permission. Yeah. Yep. So that's a little bit of intro to housing and a little bit of advanced, in case you really want to take a step further. Other than that, you know you're welcome to go scour the internet, and if you have questions for us about housing, you're more than welcome to email us at a you know strange tales mailbag or leave a leave a message on our Facebook or you know Twitter or anything like that. And we have maybe about 10, 10, 15 minutes left of the podcast. Mm -hmm. And we have a few things that I wanted to kind of bring to your attention. 
one of which, you know, we were talking about different kinds of mounts. Uh, there actually was a question that came out, so we should probably ask that instead. And what was the question, um, uh, Indigo? Uh, someone was asking, uh, with healers and tanks, do you need to actually – can you actually level all the way to 50 as a healer or a tank? Or does someone that wants to be a healer or a tank need to start as a DPS, get to 50, and then switch over to healer or a tank? I can tell you the perspective from a tank, which what I'm learning – actually doing right now. Mm-hmm. And what I've noticed, my, my Warriors 18, I'm running a tank loadout, I'm running tank app, uh, amps, I'm crafting my own tank gear. You live, you can get you can get yourself out of, out of, the, of hairy situations much easier than as DPS Warrior, and as DPS in general. The problem is, you kill things a lot slower. Yeah. Way, way slower. Because you do trade out survivability for DPS. But it is doable, and if you're crafty, you can just keep chain CCing stuff until they're dead, and you could take an extra mob or two as long as you're clever with your positioning. And the, what really helps you as you're leveling, as you're leveling as a tank, is to consistently queue for adventures and for dungeons. Yes. Because you get insecure. You don't have to wait for anything. Like you might have to wait two minutes at most. I have everyone even wants that. a tank. <laughs> yeah, when Indigo and I queue together for a dungeon, we, he always runs tank and I always run healer. We normally don't wait. Like after he clicks the button, it's immediate group, and we're, yeah. we just get paired with some DPS folks and we're off. Yeah, and like I said, if if you're soloing for it, it's still really good. You don't have to wait that long. You can easily level. Well, not easily, but you can. It just is a little longer. Not as long as PvP. Yep. Kind of this in-between is like in-between just PvP playing to level and normal leveling as a tank kind of in that in-between of experience gain. It yep. is doable. You just have to be a little more patient. Uh, you can always test your limits and experiment with your, with your loadout to see maybe if you want to do more utility or add a little more DPS. But you could still run all your support gear along with you know X and Y to tailor yourself out. Correct. It's you kind of go this... from healers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it's kind of the same thing for healers. Uh, but instead of it taking longer, you you can't do it by yourself. Like if you have a um, a pure healing spec, you like you can't. There's there's no way it'll happen. But you can go through questing as a healer. Uh, and I found during my questing times when I didn't want to, because I have two sets of gear and two action sets, one for DPS and one for healing i found that when i got bored of dps and i wanted to heal i could just run up to people and heal them and after like two pulls they'd be like hey you want to group and i'd be like yep so we'd group and then we'd be you know fighting a mob next to another person who's fighting a mob and i'd be like oh, that guy's about to die and i go and heal him and be like hey you want to come in our group and yep and it's really it easy the craftiest to... way to level <laughs> no it wasn't even it was fun like everybody no, crafty, gets something out of it oh i thought you said crappy i was like no it's so awesome <laughs> I do think it's awesome because it's it's a really great way to to meet friends. Like all those people are on my friends list now, and it's a really great way to practice healing. Like especially if you're like, all right, we got three people now, let's go pull some like harder mobs or let's pull more packs or something. Like it gives you a more, in my opinion, full game experience. But there's some people that don't like to play with other people for whatever reason, and if that's who you are, you have to go hybrid. And if that's the case, it will take you longer if you don't have all of your stats spec towards, you know, your assault class or your assault tier. Uh, and actually, now that I think about it, there are some good DPS builds for Medic that work off of support power, which is what I'm using right now. Um, but those aren't really available to you at lower levels. So for lower level stuff, you probably want to stick with other people or try doing DPS. Or is my just advice. fight the bullet and grind out adventures and dungeons because yeah, that's always like an tanks, option. That's you're near insta yeah you're near insta queue yeah you're always wanted 
Or yeah, find a buddy that's a tank, and then you are insta queue hands <laughs> down. No, no. To me, in my opinion, I feel that healers ha- have the option to really do PvP and PVE and level completely, while tanks have the option to uh, PVE or quest uh, for their leveling. Because I, I don't feel that tanking in PvP uh, is the best option. I mean, you can absolutely do it. You've got a lot of health, but I haven't seen a tremendous amount of good tanking builds in PvP. But uh, I think just generally you're playing an MMO, you should group up with people anyway. So, yes, you can absolutely level as a healer and a tank. You just got to think about it. Yep. Yeah, and it's a and it's a different viewpoint, too. Like, I, I'm going from a Spellslinger, DPS, raw DPS, I'm a glass cannon, to a warrior tank. I'm used to going into even group. I'm used to going into the groups and just blowing shit away, and we're just tearing through stuff. And doing this tank, you got to be more patient. You got it, it really helps to be more social, but it is definitely doable. You just got to get the DPS mentality out of your mind of like, oh, okay, just, you know, pull, kill, pull, kill, pull, kill. You're like, okay, cool. I might need to heal up a bit, but <laughs> I know that I could take more than I could as a DPS if I'm yep. smart about it. Yep. 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 Very cool. I think, I hope that answers the question. Yeah. I, I, I didn't know who it came from. There wasn't a name. There wasn't a, any of that. I don't know if you guys caught wind of that, but whoever sent that in, I really want to thank you because. One first question, yay! <laughs> and we didn't make it up, yay! <laughs> so there is that. Uh, I honestly, I think we have a little bit of time left. I want to just kind of go balls of the wall, imaginative, and talk about different types of mounts because I want to taco truck. <laughs> I want to taco truck so badly. Uh, wow gets the mammoths. Wow gets the choppers. Well, yeah, we're a month in. I know we the whole spiel, but eventually, if we had a multi-person mount, I want a space taco truck. <laughs> and and I so. I think it's very tongue-in-cheek of Wildstar, which is Wildstar's most definite best feature. You know, the fact that they're able to joke about everything. And they're over the top on everything. Can you imagine the paint job in that thing? It'd be amazing. You'd have, like, a chompacabra breathing fire spray-painted, like, uh, (laughs) because they're from Southern California, too. They're from Lisa Viejo. And you can get, like, someone to do concept art of a spray-painted 1970s-style, like, Aztec-looking chompacabra on, like, a mountaintop with with the... a mountain of skulls, and on the side just says tacos. See, and I, I wouldn't say tacos in that voice. You have to paint it, and it has to say tacos, but it can't just say tacos. It has to say tacos. Tacos. See, and I went the opposite direction. I went a draken holding a beautiful half-naked woman uh, with lightning bolts <sighs> behind. That's them. so creepy. No, it's 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 a really good throwback to Conan. That'd be awesome too. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would love a taco truck. I mean. I would, uh, as as horrible as this sounds, I would. Re- uh, no, can't say it that way. Uh, no, I would, say it. Say it. Uh, okay, say it. I would love to to ride a lop. That would be fun. <laughs> ride a lop. <laughs> We're turning left. <laughs> pull the, pull the ears. Yeah, you lop can pull no the like ears. that. Shut up and run. You can pull <laughs> the ears up. and tell them which direction you want to go. I think that'd be hilarious. Or it could be uh, like a, you're you're sitting on a mattress and it's like carried <laughs> by four different lops. Or it's like four. Yeah, that'd be great. Like each. <laughs> Corner is supported by a lop, and then the middle is supported by a lop. You can't really see them. You can just see their little feet, and then, like, every once in a while, you hear them go, er, when you, like, go over a bump or something. <laughs> <laughs> or every time you step on a mob, you like, beep. <laughs> but lop no like. Lop like. Lop like a squishy feet. I wish I could do the lop voice. There's so many cool types of mounts you can do, and I know that because they've already shown the hoverboard can hover over water, which normal mounts can't do, which really got me thinking about different tice amounts instead of having your generic mounts people will just switch them out cosmetically mm-hmm. if there were specialty mounts 
that give you little things, not ground, not game breaking stuff, but little different experiences that'll make it situational what mount you want to use. Like say if I'm an explorer or I just want to go running balls of the wall through stuff, if I had a, a dragon style lizard looking thing that had a wingspan, not a wingspan, but like a glider wingspan between its arms and its legs, and if I double jumped off an area, I would glide for like three or four seconds before it drops. Which would, you know, give you we're not we're not gonna have fun in this game. I really hope we never do. Yeah. But it'd be a great alternative because if you don't if you wanna get off that large cliff, you know, you run off, you jump off, and now you're gliding for like ten seconds and then it lets you down. <laughs> like you're like not too long, three or four seconds, and then two seconds later you're like and then you're seconds. gliding for like ten seconds and then it's gonna get to be tomorrow you're, you're like, all right, you're always... so it's just seven minutes of gliding. That's so all it seven is. Seven minutes of gliding and you can go up and up drafts like oh, fuck it, what is it? No, but you'll never be flying. It would actually let you you're always going down. But you never, you don't, you don't take fall damage from it for obvious reasons. Because the hoverboards go over water, you'd have like a gliding mount to go for explorers or for people who just wanna, you know, never ha- don't have to worry too much about tagging everything they run around. I mean, there's got to be some other really cool stuff that we could probably think of or that Carbine could think of and implement in the game. I, I, you know, carbine. I, I have a great idea. I think this is a great way to end the show, and by asking the audience to turn around, go to our Facebook page, send us a Twitter message, and actually send us your mount idea. Yeah, because yeah. obviously ours are really bad, so we need yours so that we can take credit for them. Oh, now, yeah. Next week, what we're going to do is we're going to turn around and pick the best one and be like, yo, I had this great idea. <laughs> hey, <Carbide. laughs> you want to hear this cool idea that I had myself? Space taco trucks. <laughs> <laughs> So, I'm serious. I want that so badly. So let's 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 do that. If you guys have a great idea, if you have a, a fun idea for a a different cool mount, uh, please send it to our Facebook page, or you can Twitter me at uh, Indigo underscore STR. And uh, I believe uh, Doc, you've got a you've got a handle as well. I got a Twitter handle. It's at Holomosh. H O L L O W M O S H. You can even email the mailbag for Strange Tales. It's strange tales mailbag at gmail.com. Cool. Yeah, definitely, definitely send those things our way. It'd be it'd be awesome because there's probably something little things that we didn't think of that are are really cool that you had that you have in your mind of what if a mount could do this just to separate it apart. Like even if there's like a PvP mount that gave you now this is really kind of borderline game breaking, but what if you were hit in combat while on the mount it gave you like a three second five percent speed boost. And so you could get to your wow. thing a little faster. Really? Okay. So what if you, there's an angel now, and if you die while you're on it, you come back to life? I didn't say they had to be usable in game, but they're just different ideas. That one would <laughs> really not really work that well. But it's an idea for a different kind of mount because I've never like, every mount I've had in a game has to swim in water, and I hate it. And now I can just Marty McFly over it and do better than Marty McFly, and then hopefully <laughs> space taco truck. You're dating yourself. Well, nope, uh, thank you everyone. <laughs> for listening uh, i hope you guys enjoyed it and uh, we'll see you next week yep this is doc this is uh, indigo and i'm krug and this is the strange tales from outer space everyone have a good time